0: last on the curve are futurists. They are always looking far out to the horizon. They can sense the faintest signals and they can see what is to be. So they're the most open to risk. They're the most open to promoting what could be rather than living in the realm of the practical of what is. And the nice thing about mindsets is that they can change. So we adopt and see the value in one versus our dominant mindset and can, can kind of flex our mindset to get the results we need.
1: Your inner voice has been drowned out by the noise around you, but you've always had a deep desire to make a difference. And now you're ready to step into your greatness and develop the identity you need to build towards your ultimate goal. Welcome to the Mindset Horizon podcast, making the world a better place by unleashing human potential will help you create your own reality by increasing your self-awareness, cultivating an unstoppable mindset, and finally finding the passion, purpose, and true self so that you can live the life you are always destined to live. Now, welcome your host, a lifelong learner and growth mindset savant, a former architect turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Tibor Nodge. What is up my
2: friend welcome back to the Mindset Horizon podcast thank you so much for tuning into this podcast and spending some time with me today I'm super excited for you to listen to today's episode with my special guest Dr. Chris Grosskirth where we talk about how to develop a future focused mindset and become a future ready leader but before we dive in let me ask you this question so are you seeking to make a change and have an even bigger impact as a coach, consultant, or thought leader in 2021? If you've answered this question with hell yeah, I would highly recommend you check out my podcast mastery course at MindsetHorizon.com forward slash course, that's MindsetHorizon.com forward slash course, where I'm teaching you step-by-step step how to start your authority-building podcast as a changemaker so that you can scale your impact, influence, and income in 2021. For more information, simply go to MindsetHorizon.com forward slash course, and you can find all the details there. Also, as I mentioned in episode 100, we are going to rebrand the Mindset Horizon podcast from March on, and there are going to be more topics on marketing, marketing psychology, content marketing, digital marketing, and influence So in the future, I will keep serving coaches, consultants, changemakers, thought leaders, and impact-driven entrepreneurs, build their authority and business online through content marketing and podcasting. So that is one of the reasons why we are shifting the focus of the show. All right, so my guest today is Dr. Chris Grosskirth, who has spent the past 20 years researching and improving human performance and organizational effectiveness, His recent book, Future-Ready Leadership, Strategies for the Fourth Industrial Revolution, provides a leadership blueprint for the future of work. Chris has also led a three-year research initiative on the future-focused mindset, which has culminated in the first mindset system for developing future-ready leaders. Throughout his career, Chris has held leadership positions with the University of Michigan, Trinity Health, the Gallup Organization, and Stryker. Currently, Chris serves as the Global Director for Strikers Learning, Design, and Development team. Chris holds a PhD in Human Communication Processes from the University of Georgia, bachelor's and master's degrees in organizational and intercultural communication from Western Michigan University. At the beginning of today's episode, Chris shared how he got to the point where he decided to lead a three-year research initiative on the Future Focus Mindset. In the middle, Chris defined the term mindset and he talked about the different type of mindsets identified by other experts on the topic. After that, we dove deeper into the future-focused mindsets research and he explained the five different mindsets that they discovered throughout the research. Closer to the end, Chris talked about his latest book called Future-Ready Leadership, Strategies for the Fourth Industrial Revolution, and recommended other great mindset books to the listeners. If you want to find out more about today's guest and check out the free resources, book recommendations and detailed show notes, simply head over to our website, MindsetHorizon.com forward slash podcast. That's again, MindsetHorizon.com forward slash podcast. You can also use the search bar on our website where you can simply type in Chris Grosskirth to find the episode's show notes page. So without any further ado, please enjoy today's episode with my special guest, the one and only Chris Grosskirth. Hi, Chris, and welcome to the Mindset Horizon podcast. Hi, Tibor. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Chris, thank you so much for coming on. I am super excited to talk about really interesting topics connected to mindset and uh, more importantly, something new about mindset, I would say the, the future focused mindset, so to speak, and I'm kind of like curious how you got to the point where you decided to lead this three-year research initiative on the future-focused mindset.
0: Well, I, like you and many of your listeners, have always been fascinated by by human behavior and and what makes us tick. And doing some desktop research through my doctoral studies and and just consulting work with clients i became really interested in in the topic of mindset and most of your listeners and and i know you're deeply familiar with the growth mindset i was interested in what kinds of mindsets existed beyond the growth mindset how if we think of mindsets along a continuum it opens up new possibilities for thinking and behaving and hopefully getting a different quality of, of result in, in our life.
2: Yeah, so that's really exciting. And, you know, connected to mindset, I was fascinated by the growth mindset principle. And basically, you know, as I learned about the growth mindset principle, and we can kind of like refresh this concept for the listeners, but I remember when I was reading the book by carol dweck about mindset and growth and fixed mindset i remember that when i was a child for example i already had kind of like a growth mindset in terms of when it came to math for example i was putting in the work because i remember i had classmates who were much faster than me especially in class and i remember i went home and i kind of like sit down and i told myself okay, if I'm just putting in the work, I can get to the point where they are. I just have to put in the work. So that was kind of like my mindset. And I, I don't know how it came about, but I was fascinated by this when I kind of like learned about the growth mindset. And I just became aware of what I thought or what my thought process was at that time. So, you know, my intention really with this conversation is to have the listeners raise their awareness about different mindsets. So it will be helpful, I think, for the listeners. And so what did you, or how did you get to this point where you said, okay, so I'm going to do this research. Were you unsatisfied with the results in terms of mindsets in the world and the, and the research, or how did you get to this point where you said, okay, so I'm going to explore what's out there?
0: It's it's a great question. And I, I, I do think... <laughs> unsatisfied what w- would probably characterize really <laughs> my curiosity yeah yeah w- when you when you think of of most of the the mindset research that that people talk about growth versus fixed open versus closed, for example, we tend to reduce the the human brain and how it works and how it drives our behavior to, to a simple binary um, one being good, One being not so good, right? Growth is better than fixed. Open is better than closed. And through my work with the Gallup organization and looking at, for example, the diversity of human strengths, I always felt that it was more complex than that. It didn't have to be more complicated, but mindsets don't just occur along a simple binary of either this or that but that if if we take into account the spectrum of, of different kinds of mindsets that might exist relative to something that I'm just particularly interested, which is how people approach the future, that there's probably a continuum of different ways that people people process information, for example, about risk, for example, about Innovation and tinkering with things versus keeping things the way they are. And so the research really led me to define with data what that continuum is relative to how people approach the past, the present, and the future.
2: Wow, that's really interesting. I want to step back uh, before we dive into the research and the details. So, for those people who are wondering, okay, so mindset, I assume many people think. Of for example, way of thinking, right? so mindset is 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 the way of thinking, how I see the world. How would you define this term mindset? I
0: think of it as sort of our mental operating model or our operating system, if you will. We can recode it and we can change the the programming uh, just like you can change the programming of a computer to operate in a certain way. but I do think about it as kind of our Most of the time, it runs in the background, and we see what we see on our screen of our smartphone or our computer screen. We don't see that operating system churning in the background, but it's always there and it's always shaping how effectively our sort of human machine is performing. So it's kind of a metaphorical definition, but. I could give you an academic one, but it would just be boring. But that's how I, I that's the metaphor that I use is kind of a computer metaphor. It's it's silent in the background and we don't notice it until it's kind of broken. And and in this sense, it's you know, in my work, it's when teams and leaders and organizations aren't getting the results that they want, or the, you know, the uncertainty of the future is paralyzing to them. That's when you really notice that that human operating system and how it impacts the team or the organization's results.
2: So the next thing I wanted to ask you about is still connected to the term mindset. So, you know, how did you find out that this is a really important thing to focus on or what was what were some of the things that led you to, to say that, yes, mindset is the thing that I want to focus on because it's really important and I want to do a research? Most of
0: my uh, formal training was in the field of human communication studies. So I always looked at things like leadership and organizing through what I would say is a a discursive lens, discourse, human dialogue. And what I began to see in my my consulting work and applied research work, uh, working with organizations was really how the thinking both informs, this is going to sound totally intuitive, but how thinking both informs how we interact and build relationships, but is informed by those relationships. So it's the circular relationship between mind and discourse. So (laughs) I knew that that loop was important, but I didn't have a way of measuring, I could measure through observation and through interview, I could measure the discourse, but I couldn't measure the thinking until, as I said, toying around with with assessments like the Q12 and the StrengthsFinder assessment in, in my work with the Gallup organization. They're very good at measuring how people are thinking and feeling and and then tying those to business results. So that's where, for me, mindsets and the importance of being able to measure them, name them, transform them, reprogram them. That's kind of where that aha moment came out is if we're going to if we're going to effectively disrupt that cycle between thinking and behaving, we have to be able to name the mindsets as a potential starting point because they're they're pretty invisible if you don't
2: Absolutely. I mean, I couldn't agree more because first and foremost, it's really intangible and uh, invisible. And so like naming them helps us, I think, becoming more aware of how we think and behave and feel and act and, and so on and so forth. So, and um, you know, for all, all of those listeners who are not really familiar with uh, with the different mindsets, can we just go through some of the things that we we know, kind of like before, you did the, the the research. So some of those different mindsets, growth mindset, fixed mindset, prevention, promotion. Just for the listeners to kind of like give an overview before we dive into what you found.
0: Absolutely, and I know. I mean, there's there's volumes on all of these the kinds of binary mindsets, some of which you mentioned. I and I know you had Dr. Ryan Godfordson on the podcast before. I think his book Success Mindsets is it, it's really he and I both spent some time together at Gallup, and and he really lays out in depth sort of where these different mindsets come from and. And some of the research behind them, in in a nice way. So I, I have learned a lot from him. Um, learned a lot from, of course, um, you know, Dr. Carol Dweck and in, in her research on the growth mindset. But when we look across all of them, right? There, I mentioned they all have sort of a positive valence and an and a less positive valence that the growth mindset. So being, you know, ha- having sort of a can do belief that you can learn and grow. Would be better than a fixed mindset that sort of assumes our intelligence or our our capacity is somewhat limited. It's innate. Open versus closed, right? How um, this is this is one that the an organization called the Arbinger Institute has done some research on and written about. Are the degree to which we are open to uh, looking outside of ourselves, outside of our team, outside of our organization um, versus being closed off to those inputs and, you know, some being more open, some being more closed. Open is obviously in their work uh, a better mindset than a closed mindset.
2: What is up, Mindset Nation? I hope you guys are enjoying today's episode, and we're going to get back to this conversation very soon after thanking to our sponsors. Hey, my friend, I'm super excited to announce that my podcast mastery course is now available. You can check out the course at mindsethorizon.com forward slash course. As a mission and impact driven entrepreneur, thought leader, visionary, and change maker, have you ever thought of increasing your online visibility? building credibility and scaling your impact and business by starting your own podcast? If you've answered this question with hell yeah, and you're ready to start your authority-building podcast and take your impact, influence, and income to the next level, I would highly recommend checking out my Podcast Mastery online course at MindsetHorizon.com forward slash course. That's MindsetHorizon.com forward slash course. In this course, I'm teaching you step-by-step how to start your own epic podcast from scratch. There are four in-depth modules available in this course and additional bonus materials. So in module one called Podcast Foundations Mastery, you will learn about the foundations that are indispensable to launch a successful podcast. In module two called Podcast Tech Mastery, you will learn about the technical side of podcasting. In module three called Podcast Creation Mastery, you will learn about everything that you need to create in order to be able to launch your podcast. In module four called Podcast Launch Mastery, you will learn how to launch your podcast the right way. And last but not least, in the bonus section, you will find additional checklists, email templates, workflow templates, and sample documents that will help you design and launch your podcast like a pro. You can check out the course details at mindsethorizon.com forward slash course. That's MindsetHorizon.com forward slash course. The world is waiting to hear your message, my friend. So let's stop hiding in plain sight and start sharing your truth. Check out the course at MindsetHorizon.com forward slash course right now. So Mindset Nation, without any further ado, let's get back to today's Mindset Transforming conversation.
0: Prevention versus promotion is one that I just find fascinating and Definitely informs my work on future-focused mindsets, because I think it, relative to how people approach the future, you know, those with a, a prevention-focused mindset, they they really want to protect what is what 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 they have versus risking um, or envisioning something that they don't yet have. So it's better to it's better to protect what you have versus risking it and cuz you could potentially lose it. So that becomes a very important dimension of a future focused mindset that and growth when it comes to taking risks in the face of uncertainty. You look at the 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 current uh uncertainty in the world around whether it's around pandemics or race or the economy there's a lot of anxiety that comes with that uncertainty so those with a promotion focused mindset may be more uh functional when it comes to taking on that uncertainty and that adversity whereas that w- someone with more of a prevention focused mindset you know could potentially be overwhelmed by it and and in some cases paralyzed by it and i I've, I've seen it with leadership teams for two decades now that many would rather protect the assets and the ways of working that are rather than envision new ways of working and new ways of doing business. That that one's a particularly important one for me is the prevention versus promotion mindset.
2: I love that. And um, I was thinking as as you were talking about these mindsets, how did you look at your research when you started it? Did you want to create a kind of like new you know way of looking at mindsets or were you thinking that you kind of like will add to this current research i i have i've never been a good
0: i i had a mentor one time who said i'm a bricklayer and you'll relate to this as an architect he said yeah. I'm, I'm a bricklayer <laughs> i put one piece of research in the wall at a time and Hopefully, after my career, I have a, I've added a couple of meters to the wall. He said, mm. you're more of an architect. He goes, you want to knock down my wall and build a new wall. <laughs> uh, so, that, that kind of always stuck with me. And in my typology of mindsets, I'm, I'm definitely a futurist. So, I, I'm always looking uh, for what, what value I can take from an existing model to envision a new model. So mm-hmm. a- again, with open closed growth fixed, I knew there was a better way to to think of of mindsets, not along that simple binary, but in a more complex manner.
2: It's really exciting. I just wanted to know that because it wasn't clear for me. But I kind of like want to now dive deeper into this whole research and what you've found, sure, in terms of different future mindsets so So talk to us about this research and and what kind of mindsets you've you've found and discovered
0: Well, so part of it, obviously, all of the bricks that many of the mindset researchers before me have laid um, were were very, very useful. I was really interested in looking at how how can we apply the notion of mindsets to a particular problem or a particular type of uh, social system. So in my case, I've I've always been passionate and kind of entrepreneurial around uh, leadership consulting, coaching, working with teams, and in particular, working with them through change. So I wanted to research how team mindsets really impact how the team takes on change and can shape shape their future essentially. So I drew on obviously all the mindset research that that had been done before me, but I also drew on a, a particular communication theory of innovation, and it's called diffusion of innovations. And this mm. this came about by uh, a scholar named Ev Rogers in in the early sixties in nineteen sixty two, and and he, and he mm-hmm. came up with a way of measuring and conceptually envisioning how diffusion spread through a society. And time matters in that equation. And essentially what Rogers found is that there's a bell curve of innovators who are uh, essentially very, very early in the adoption of just take, for example, new technologies. So the newest iPhone. This is the person who's pre-ordering. They're standing in line outside of an Apple store to get the latest and greatest thing. Then there, yeah. then there's this kind of first wave of, of early adopters, and that accounts for about 13% of the population. And then here comes the big fat part of the bell curve, early majority, late majority. And then at the end, you've got this, this little tale of laggards these are the luddites who will never (laughs) who will you know they're still walking around with uh the 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 flip phone from from 1992. (laughs) so that's how innovation spread through a social system and i thought that must have something to do with people's mindsets the degree to which they're willing to take on a risk to buy a new technology before it's tested This idea that some people are just sort of obsessed with innovation. Uh, The idea that some people are more conservative and they want to adopt a wait-and-see kind of an attitude. Those would be like maybe your late majority or early majority. And that there are some people who are just really rooted in the way things have always been. Why should we Mm. try something new? Because we've always done it this way. And coupled with, you know, some – throw in a healthy dose of some management theory of hey what what got you here won't get you into the future coupled with my obsession with becoming more future ready as a leader in a team and that's really kind of how i started to come up with these these five future focused mindset types and decided to to collect some data on it
2: Wow. It's super exciting. And uh, I just got the chills when you said future ready leaders. (laughs) That's really, really, really exciting. And uh, I want to hear more about the different mindsets and and you you came up with these terms, right? And uh, I want to help people understand what are those mindsets and how people behave when they have different mindsets or one particular mindset. But I think you said something like, We all have all those different mindsets depending on the context and the situation that we're in. Uh, But there's a tendency to have one of those in particular.
0: Precisely. So if you go back to the operating system metaphor, one of these mindsets is always a little more dominant than the rest, or it's sort of our default operating system. Uh, Certainly with different kinds of of social situations we might be we might be more opportunistic at work but we might be very historically oriented and and operate more like a historian at home so i'll walk you through the five really quickly and just kind of characterize them and then we can talk about them now none of these is any better uh, again this was part of my critique of of the existing mindset work none of them is any better than any other they all have value and mm-hmm, their particular mm-hmm. place and time. So number one, um, this would be the the, I guess, least future focused and most historically oriented. I call it historian. I symbolize it with a a wise old owl. Mm-hmm.
1: This
0: these folks tend to be um keepers of the wisdom of the past. Uh their their tolerance for risk is is. The lowest, they they really. If you think of prevention versus promotion, they are very much prevention oriented. Next along the continuum, observers. Uh, I symbolize them with an eye because they are keen to take a watch and see attitude. They observe. They look for for trends that are unfolding. Very much. Prevention focused as well, but a little bit more open in terms of what's coming. So, if you think of that trend and and a wave that's coming at you, the next along the continuum, I call them opportunists. They're symbolized by a cresting wave on the ocean because they're always looking to get in on that wave. These are your, these are your early adopters, really. These are people who, if you show them the data, they'll get on that next big opportunity. So they have much more of a openness to risk if it's been proven. So they're kind of middle of the road as they're the third of five mindsets. They, they fall right in the middle of the bell curve. Then we have innovators symbolized by a light bulb. They are tinkerers. They're practical. They they build the future. They don't just dream about it or envision it. Eddie Van Halen, recent. This is a, this is a, just an example from the news recently. Recently passed away. He was the epitome of an innovator. He mm. he took apart his Fender Stratocaster because he couldn't get this futuristic sound out of his his existing thin pickups. Um, the the pickups in a Stratocaster are very. I'm a guitar player as well, Tibor. So bear with me.
2: Yeah, they're, yeah. <laughs> they're very they're very
0: glassy. They're very thin sounding. They have a beautiful beautiful sound, but they are not this fat sustaining tone that would allow Eddie Van Halen to do what he did. But he liked the feel mm-hmm. of the guitar, so he would he ripped the pickups out of the Stratocaster and put in some fat what are called humbucking pickups. And had to bore out space in the the body of this. And he was always tinkering. That is what innovators do. They don't just see the future. They are practical and they have the confidence to know that they can build the future. Open to risk. Open to new ideas. Last on the curve are futurists. And I, I symbolize futurists with a pair of binoculars. Because they are always looking far out to the horizon. And they can sense the faintest signals and they can see and and sense what is to be. So they're the most open to risk. They're the most open to promoting what could be rather than living in the realm of the practical of what is and absolutely have just just a very low tolerance for risk. So they're kind of the opposite of historians in that sense on the farthest end. And we all fall somewhere on that continuum. And the nice thing about mindsets is that they can change. So we sometimes adopt and see the value in one versus our dominant mindset and can, can kind of flex our mindset to get the results we need.
2: That's really exciting, you know, and uh, I don't know which one I am because I was wondering as I was preparing for this conversation and, and now as you're talking about the different mindsets. But I would say I tend to be a innovator, but I'm not sure. When it comes to futurists, for example, maybe not innovator even, I don't know. So one of my questions is, how can we know or if there's a way to know? And uh, when it comes to futurists, example would be, I'm just thinking, Elon Musk or Steve Jobs, would it be an example for futurists? I, I think if you were to, without... Putting them through
0: my future focus mindset assessment, <laughs> I think we could be pretty confident that Steve Jobs and Elon Musk's and the uh, Sir Richard Bransons of the world are are yeah. pretty far along the innovator futurist side of the continuum. I've listened to just archivists and historians that that really love understanding the present. Through the lens of history and through the lens of the past, and they they can provide just s- spot on, keen insights. Um, but mm-hmm. those would be those would be more the historian side of the continuum. But yeah, so I've I've measured literally now thousands of leaders in terms of where they fall on the continuum. I would say Tibor, you are probably in the innovator uh, sort of region of the continuum with ten item. So very simple assessment that puts you in various scenarios, asks you to sort of choose how you would normally behave or or think about a particular set of of uh, dynamics or stimuli, and then it mm-hmm. ca- categorizes you into one of these five dominant mindset types. And um, the, I have a lot of clients that I use it in coaching. I use it in in team, uh, blend kind of conversations. And they, they find it really useful for just knowing where, uh, everybody falls on the continuum and why that either contributes to their success or some of their struggles.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I was wondering if people are interested in taking the assessment, what's the best way to do that? Should they contact you or what's the best way to do so?
0: Absolutely they can they can contact me through my blog at leadership4ir the number 4 leadership4ir.com and I'm sure we can put a link somewhere in the podcast to that and I also have a newly launched quick start course where not only can you take the assessment but there's sort of a three lesson quick start course for how to make sense of the report how to engage in some action planning. And for those who really want to go deep, I know you have a lot of coaches. I have a essentially what, and I did this in part during the quarantine for leaders who were struggling to kind of envision new ways of working with their teams. I have kind of a team discovery toolkit in a box with future focus. So there's, I think there's 11 modules on how to lead team coaching sessions using future focus and all of that information is available along with lots of free tools on on my blog leadership for ir.com
2: That's pretty amazing. And all the links are going to be in the show notes and available on our website, MindsetHorizon.com forward slash podcast. So people can check out the episode there and the detailed show notes. Uh, They can find the links there. And uh, another thing I usually put in the show notes is some book recommendations. And uh, you've also written a book. It's called Future Ready Leadership Strategies for the Fourth Industrial Revolution. So talk to us a little bit more about what's included in the book, and also maybe you have some other recommendations to the listeners.
0: Absolutely. Well, I will start with the other recommendations. I, I mentioned Dr. Ryan Ryan Godforson's book, Success Mindsets. It's a must read for people interested in my, mindsets, in my opinion. Um, obviously, Mindset by Carol Dweck, that's a classic now. And Future Ready Leadership, That while I was – I was about a year into the, the research on, on Future Focus when, when I started writing Future Ready Leadership. And um, it's really a practical book that envisions five new demands of being a future ready leader, given the world that we live and work in, and offers coaches, HR professionals, trainers, uh, 25 tools. There's, there's assessments in there that I use in sort of diagnosing how ready people are to, to sort of live into these five new demands of leading in the future of work. And um, so the 25 tools are very practical. And, you know, people, I didn't want to write a book that's that said, hey, here's a really big idea. And for more information, pay me 500 an hour to be your coach. I wanted to write a book that people could read and use in their own coaching and their own consulting work. And so that's what future ready leadership offers.
2: Yeah. I love that because information is kind of like awareness. And then if we have the tools that we can put in place, that's, that's the solution and we can move forward. So thank you so much for doing that. And my last question is, Chris, what is your Future vision, future vision mindset, or <laughs> what's what's next for you, basically?
0: What's on the horizon?
2: Yeah, what's on the horizon? <laughs> <laughs> Great question for upcoming episodes. I
0: I've had a I've had a lot of time to think about that this year. Twenty twenty has been just a oh yeah a bizarre year, and I really think the the next step for me is. Maybe it's a book, maybe it's a a, another course, but future ready teams, how, how do we work together in this new way of, of working and what role do mindsets play in that? And I've learned a lot from my own team. I've learned a lot from teams that I've worked with. So I think future ready teams is, is kind of the next big challenge.
2: Wow. That sounds really exciting. And I wish you good luck with your aspirations and Chris, thank you so much for being on the show.